everybody. Welcome to Clappercast, episode 91. I'm your host, Carson Tamar. Today we're talking about the best, the worst, the weirdest, everything about 2021 in film. We have a list of categories that we're going to give our answers to. You'll see as we go along, that's a horrible description, but that's okay. I'm joined by Paul Price, Alina Falds. How's everyone doing this year? We made it through 2021. We're here in 2022. I'm good. I recently got a puppy so i had arrow and now i have bow so it's little bow and arrow um and even though the theming is that it would be like a arrow bow um i think his overall like design choices are going to be little bows like like tie bow ties um because i don't know what you would get for bows um so like his tag and like various clothing one thing about me is when I name a dog, he will all be themed as whatever the name is. So everything he's getting is both themed right now. My sister's cats are named Acorn and Nutmeg, and Acorn's little tags has an acorn on it. And Nutmeg's has a leaf because there was not a print for another like type of nut. That was not an acorn. Yeah, exactly. So I get it. it. <laughs> I can't really do that with Doug. That's That was my <laughs> thing. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Doug. <laughs> Um, Doug Funny from uh, Nickelodeon. <laughs> Maybe that's a little too old for you guys. It was a great show. Um, Carson, I think it was over before you were born. <laughs> I know Doug. I know what it is. I mean, you but can I know it, it, but did I watch it? No, it wasn't really relevant. <laughs> but like, I know of a Doug. <laughs> I mean, I know of Shakespeare, but that doesn't mean. And yes, I am <laughs> saying that Shakespeare and Doug are on the same cinematic or uh, creative level. Honestly, probably. I wouldn't put it past it. I loved Doug as a kid. Um, All of our shows when we were children were all like uh, very much like the 90s suck. And these are just about kids going to school. And then now it's all like every time I look, it's crazy things and adventurous worlds and things. Once again, I'm saying we should do an episode where each of us picks our favorite childhood (laughs) show and we watch an episode and we talk about it. That'd be so fun. Mine would be Max be like, and Ruby. Wow, it's so dated. And I'd be like, these damn kids. <laughs> why don't they just pull out an iPhone? <laughs> well, why don't we get into our list? Because we have quite a few categories. If I do a quick count, I believe it's eight. We're going to really see if my counting skills work today as we go through the episode. We have eight categories that we are going to talk about instead of just doing a best of list because that's boring. Um, and it doesn't make for good podcast material. And this hopefully does make for better podcast material. And let's start by just pissing everyone off. Let's start with most overrated. Paul, you tend to be the most grumpy on the show. So I figure you might as well start with pissing people off. What's your most overrated film of 2021? Licorice Pizza. <gasps> Damn. <laughs> it's Licorice Pizza. Um, I like it's interesting to me because this film has like soured for me. When I watched it originally, I was like, meh. But listening to everyone, person after person, say it's the greatest film of all time um, is just, like, really getting to me. Especially, like, I don't want to say that it's just, like, people look at the name of the director and decide they like a film, but it feels a bit like that. If this was done by anyone else, I think that it would have, like, you know, came and went. Um, I saw someone talk about uh, a film I did really like, um red rocket and they were like if the directors had been flipped just the director title even um everyone would be talking about red rocket and everyone would be like 
not even watching licorice pizza. Although I am glad I will say um, that uh, licorice pizza is doing really terrible in the box office. I see the exhibitor relations guy on Twitter and every time he's like licorice pizza tanked again. I'm like, yes, I actually I actually did like it. I, I It is one of those films that definitely have soured over time more and more. If anyone wants to go listen to the most problematic episode ever, me and you, Paul, we did Red Rocket, Licorice Pizza, and West Side Story. Highly recommend you check it out. <laughs> but like since that convo, since we've talked in, especially seeing the reaction online, it's one of those films where like the stands really have gotten on my nerve because everyone's like, oh, the discourse is like really horrible but it's like no i feel like the reaction to the discourse is far worse than any of the discourse i still think it's a really good coming of age story like i think i like the film a lot until the final scene literally the final scene the final statement it ends on is where i have an issue if they just change that to where it went in the opposite direction i would have been fine with the entire feature but i do like the film overall i want to say it's the last scene and the um controversy and that stuff but really to me I was just bored. I'm bored of this movie. I feel like it's just a series of scenes and misadventures. It feels like a book that someone would tell me won like the man Booker prize or something like that. And I'd start it and be like, Oh my God, kill me. And then just never finish it. But it's sitting on my, uh, you know, mantle. It's like, Oh, you read licorice pizza. No, I did not. Um, it's the same as that, but you're sitting in a theater. So you finish it. Um, it feels like it he a made TV a six-part <laughs> miniseries for Apple TV+. Plus. Yeah. I mean that in the best and worst ways of just, like, these characters wandering around this time period. Yeah, and, like, you know, uh, I just don't... I just didn't like it. And I, I understand why people liked it. If it was just, like, a film that people were like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it, fine. But, you know, this is most overrated, and I think that people are treating it like it's you know, God's gift to cinema. I also have like a bunch of ones this year that I think are overrated. It's weird because I truly loved this year in film. And I am not excited at all about the awards categories because I'm just like, ah, okay. <laughs> I hate every single film in contention for an award. Any film seriously in contention other than like West Side Story, hate it. Done. I hate it. Yeah, no, it's so wild because um, I also was so uninterested in West Side Story. Uh, that one does come up in a second. But it also but, uh, was not just the award season, to be clear. Like any film that was popular or had a following, I realized I hated this year. I hated Inside. I hated Godzilla versus Kong. I hated like everything that Fear Street I hated. I hated anything popular and not because they were popular. It was just not a good year for like me and the zeitgeist, I feel. So my most overrated film of 2021 is The Power of the Dog. Fuck this movie, guys. We've talked about it. We all don't like it. And I appreciate appreciate that about you, too. But Jesus Christ, this movie has been the bane of my existence on Twitter. I'm tired of hearing about it. Like, I watched this at TIFF. It's fine. But people on Twitter have made it out to be the most annoying thing ever. And... I am so sick of it. I keep seeing all these tweets about like, if you didn't like the power of the dog, you're a fucking idiot. You're stupid. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just didn't like the movie. And for that reason, it's the most overrated film of the year. People on Twitter just like stay ruining movies for me. Isn't that sad? The bleak existence we live on film Twitter. Alina, do you, I don't think you understand what Jane Campion, the, the white, I believe straight woman is saying here. If you're in a society <laughs> where you're gay and they don't accept you, you might feel like angry because of it. 
So I don't know if you understand the layers there of how you might be rude then. So I, you know, you're missing I the know. genius here. I think it's because I'm a straight, but I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't relate. Didn't work for me. Yeah, it's not good, is it? <laughs> it's funny because I'm uh, usually the one that's the most negative on this stuff. And I'm actually like fine with this movie. I have no opinions of it. And even like the people being annoying on Twitter, I find them like annoying, but I'm like, I get it, I guess. <laughs> I think it comes from like watching the Oscar-y movies, uh, you know, watching all the best pictures. And I'm like, this is basically out of Africa. Like, I don't get it, but I understand why people like see a lot of emotions and very boring things. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, though, Benedict Cumberbatch is bad in it. Like, everyone's saying all the cum shots out there. I'm sorry, this is probably going to ruin your cum shot tonight. But like, he is not good in this film. He's miscast and he's bad. And I think the fact that he's like in Best Actors kind of a joke i think the fact I that mean, this, this entire movie's in any category is kind of a joke I, I i'm pretty sure uh it's between him and garfield at this point for best actor i think uh i think smith erasure is well noticeable. i here's the here's the thing i think when you're like oh i throw up from having too much sex and also i want to murder my dad like i think you've given up your chances <laughs> of winning an oscar <laughs> but the globe said absolutely which adds, it does and instead benedict cumberbatch showed his uh little cumberbatch oh for all God. five seconds <laughs> the golden globes also gave power of the dog like best that. picture so what do we know True. If the Golden Globes, the most respectable organization people ever, people have been did, talking mad about the Golden Globes this entire year. But now that the Power of the Dog won it, they're like, it's going to go all the way, guys. We are putting all of our trust in the Golden Globes again. I'm like, pick a lane. I'm tired. <laughs> oh, they all said like, no matter what, it does not like the Golden Globes. You can just erase them this year. It doesn't matter. And now everyone's like switching every single one of their Oscar predictions because of it, which is agreed mm-hmm. hilarious. <laughs> well, luckily, sadly, Power of the Dog might show up at the Oscars. One that will probably not show up at the Oscars is my overrated because it didn't get selected. Everyone, Titan, 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 whatever you want to pronounce it as is bad. I'm sorry, Alina, I know you like it, but I rewatched this. I watched this film in the theater, hated it, did the podcast. I rewatched it today just to make sure I stood by this take and I still take stand by it. I think everyone who came out of Cannes and was saying like, this is going to be a best picture nominee. It's like quite hilarious. See how it's just fallen. The film is not good. It is pretty empty. I'm just trying to get shock value every 10 minutes because it gets bored of itself. And it's bad. Listen to our episode. I thought it was a good episode on it. Um, But it's not good. The guy in it, the dad, is good. Other than that, I don't know if there's really a good thing about the film. And I think the fact that it's showing up everywhere is very annoying because it's shit. But that's my take. It's funny for me because there was so much conversation about this movie but I refuse to watch it because I'm a little scaredy pants baby. I love horror, but I can't really do gross out horror period, but especially in a theater. And so uh, when we were going to watch this episode, everyone was like, well, you got to go to a theater to watch this girl. And she's definitely going to break her nose. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, no, we're not doing that. And I just, I just never watched it. And then after that, I saw like the mixed reactions. Um, so it's been an interesting experience being someone who like 
I think it's probably the biggest movie of the year that I haven't watched. Uh, maybe drive my car. But um, other than that, it's like I'm just sitting there and it's just watching this whole conversation pass me by. It's been nice. Uh, I feel very like, hmm, I don't know my opinion, so I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> and luckily you want to watch yeah. it for the Oscars. Because again, it will not Didn't be even make the short list. <laughs> it's not eligible. Drive my car. Good movie. And it is. Yeah. Didn't even make the short list. Gotta, gotta love it. The yak, random classroom yak boom did. <laughs> but not this. I thought Titan or whatever it is. I'm tired of pronouncing French words on this podcast. I thought it was neat when I watched it, Tiff. But then again, I did keep my eyes shut for huge swaths of it because I was scared, especially the bathroom sink scene. So, you know what? Peace and love to all of the stands. But like, I enjoyed it, but I will never be watching it again. I cannot do that sink scene. I cannot. Well, you did an IMAX, let's be fair. You saw this thing on the biggest screen, I think, in Toronto. <laughs> that was not a choice I would have made if I had known. Yeah, well, you did. Um, you actually can go watch that on our Patreon if you want to. We have She did vlogs, and that was fun. Um, let, we've been negative for quite a while with this overrated segment. Why don't we jump to our next category, most underrated. Let's be a little bit more positive. And I'll start us off because I think I probably have the deepest cut here. Um, I have House of Gucci. <laughs> um, Ridley Scott's House of Gucci. Everyone either <laughs> says it's terrible or it's like, oh, it's campy, like ironically good. And I'm like, no, it's great. I unironically love the film. I love Lady Gaga. I love uh, Jared Leto even. I think Jared Leto is giving a great Paolo Gucci. We're rooting for him and supporting actor this year. Uh, I think this is really Scott's like, it's just a really great family drama. I do think Last Duel is overall better. But like, I think House of Gucci people are unfairly like turning it into a joke when I think there's some legitimate good stuff here. Um, especially like Lady Gaga is fantastic. Um, I really like it. And I think it's underrated. So there, there I go. There I am. No. Uh, my response to that, um, in my professional opinion, is <laughs> no. And also, I don't like... Uh, Why? If, okay, if someone was like, would you prefer to watch... Because it's half-assed. House of Gucci. <laughs> what? It's half-assed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if, I was <laughs> if someone was like, oh, do you want to watch House of Gucci or Last Duel? I would definitely choose house of gucci over last duel but i think that's like the same way i would choose like you know the room over citizen kane like um uh, you know just like the comedic value there were aspects i liked um but you know months out from this uh, from like seeing it the first time i don't <laughs> really remember any of it Weirdly, the only thing I remember... What is, a time for a rewatch! I, the only thing I, like, really remember is the opening sequence. Uh, not even opening sequence, but when they first meet. Um, and it's at that party. I was like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I will like this movie. And then that's it. That's all I got. Um, I do, like, remember moments, but, like, uh, overall, the film's kind of, like, disappeared. Uh, and no, I will not be rewatching. That was a one and done. Well, if you want to, House of Gucci available on VOD January 31st, 2022. Would recommend. <laughs> or in theaters today. Alina, if you think it's this still is... still playing in theaters? Yeah, of course it is, Alina. The art here. 
there's two showings daily at my local cinema and I'm considering going again. But you can go ahead, Alina. It's not this is, playing at mine anymore. Well, Canadians don't have taste because y'all have COVID maybe. So who knows? Alina, why don't you yeah. give us, if you think this is half-assed, why don't you give us your underrated film of the year? Uh, my most underrated film of the year was The Dig. It came out in like January of 2021, like quietly on Netflix. And it stars my guy, Ray Fiennes love him we stand in this household um and it's about ray fines being a cute little archaeologist in england and carrie mulligan is there and she's a single mother and she has all these like weird little hills on her property and she's like hey there's probably some weird historical shit buried in those let's dig them up and ray fines comes along being his cute little archaeologist self and they dig things up and they find this really fun anglo-saxon ship and it was really adorable as a history major. I was like, this is some good stuff for me. Um, and I think it's quite unfortunate that it didn't get like the love it deserved because it was like just this quiet little Netflix trap. So like, if I feel like most people didn't even like care about it. So you should go and watch it if you haven't yet. It's just sitting there on Netflix. Yeah, that's I agree. It was quite good. I also, though, have a distinct memory. I don't remember a lot about the film, but I have a distinct memory of you cussing out the British Museum on our episode about it. So I'll always like think about that film and laugh because of that. But I remember also mm-hmm. enjoying the film. It's because the British Museum are assholes, and they've been assholes for centuries, and they will always be assholes until they give all their shit back that they stole. I do wish the movie had Gal Gadot in it. That would. I mean, you can say that pretty much about Stop. every feature. I mean, right, that's Paul. where I'm sitting right now. And <laughs> if her and James Corden started everything, I think we'd be and Jared Leto, of course, supporting. I think we'd be looking at a uh, great list. Yeah, of and actually, based on her like most recent um, <laughs> set of announcements, um, she pretty soon will be in everything. <laughs> Which you know, more power to her. Uh, if it makes Alina happy, it makes me happy. Anything for Alina. I'll sit through any Gagodo feature for Alina. No. (laughs) No. Remember how she was this close to being my top actress of the year? (laughs) Uh. Thank God for J.K. Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paul, what's your underrated film, Mr. Grumpy? What what did you think was underappreciated? So I originally... um, did Paw Patrol as mine, and I still stand by that. Like, if you haven't watched Paw Patrol, but like in my heart of hearts, it's got to be Nine Days, which nobody's talking about still. And it's so weird because the film Twittery people who were like, "Oh my god, I love you know uh, all these like indie artsy movies," won't even like dig a little bit to really find like the true artsy stuff. Not something made by A two four. Um, is it A24 or A24? I don't care. A24, but I've just always let you for like a year now say A20, A24. I like A24 better. Yeah, we've just been letting you embarrass yourself on this. <laughs> well, all of their crew neck sweaters say A24, it's, like ew. spelled out with letters. Oh, it's definitely so. 24. Why? Let's be clear. Scream 2022 makes a statement that it is A24. I don't know. So it is A24. Okay, well, congratulations for seeing Scream early. Uh, but you can definitely like... <laughs> you know, say A24. I'm not going to take that away from you. Well, so, um, you know, 
it's upsetting. And also, um, Sony Picture Classics, once again, is letting me down. Um, I still, to this day, believe that if a different studio had gotten The Father, we would have Best Picture of The Father instead of just Anthony Hopkins. Um, yeah, no, it's a fantastic film. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard us talk about it because I've brought it up probably a thousand times. But it's the story of basically a job interview, but instead of a job, you get a chance to live. Um, and it's new souls, and it's really poetic and really interesting. Very out of my usually interests, um, I find, uh, you know, meditative films very boring, but uh, this one really worked for me. So, yeah. Um, also, all the performances are amazing, space, uh, especially like uh, Zazie Beats and Winston Duke and everyone like that. Oh, and also a great performance say, from Tony Hale. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Tony Hale. It tends to be good. Uh, I, I do think it's interesting how that's also my favorites of the year list, but we just never did an episode for it. One of the ones that slipped through the cracks, you know? We had a review, Paw Patrol the movie, which was also good. But... Yeah, well, the other thing that's interesting about that, when you mentioned that, is I distinctly remember we had too many movies and we couldn't fit it in. And now we're like desperately seeking one. <laughs> one movie sounds really nice right now. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in the spring and summer, because it came out in the summer, it got pushed. I remember um, we'll be up to our necks again. But if it came out in January, I would have loved that because we could have talked about it. But whatever. Uh, let's go to our guilty pleasure film. What film do you feel guilty about saying it pleasures you? That was the worst place in the world. Alina. Yeah, it was. I know. Paul, I said that just for that. <laughs> Alina, take it away. Sure. Okay. Uh, I don't subscribe to the term guilty pleasure because I am unashamed about everything I enjoy. My phone background is literally Adam Sandler pushing up shopping cart. So like, but for the is sake of the podcast film? topics. No, it's from a photo shoot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> He's in like this really adorable yellow shirt. We don't need to talk about it right now, though. Um, my guilty pleasure, in air quotes, is America the Motion Picture. That movie slapped, and it got a lot of flack, and it shouldn't have because it's genius. Channing Tatum, as an animated George Washington, is inspired. I fucking loved that movie so much that I watched it twice in one week. For a really long time, it was in my top 10 of 2021. Like, it was good. Other than like one subplot, that movie is perfect. Like Channing Tatum as George Washington calling Abraham Lincoln babe repeatedly throughout a movie speaks to me as a person. So watch it. You'll probably hate it. But for me, that's my shit. <laughs> I don't know what I did to piss off the gods, but I was the only one who wanted to watch that. And I was also the only one to hate it. Y'all loved it. And I was like, oh, this sucks. So <laughs> I don't need to get fully into it. All I'll say is like, insert, speaking of Adam Sandler, insert the Uncut Gems gif of like, I disagree. That's all I will say. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I remember liking it well enough. Um, but also I remember pausing it having a couple drinks and coming back to it so you know where does that actually sit in like cinematic quality um it's a guilty pleasure <laughs> better than power of the dog uh, i'll give you that still <laughs> i'll still be right there um, with you on that train true so uh i'm going to go with for my guilty pleasure the voyeurs 
um, which is a movie on Amazon Prime with uh, Sydney Sweeney and a man who I hate, Justice Smith. Um, and I was really expecting it to just like, you know, uh, be a dumb, fun movie. My friend and I watch um, Terrible Movie Tuesdays. And so we like pick a movie and we're like, oh, that'll be bad. Let's watch that. Um, so we put on the voyeurs and I remember really enjoying it. Um, uh, but I also know it's like campy nonsense. Um, what's funny is like, I was talking to one of my friends and he was like, are you sure it's, you know, uh, not just terrible and you have bad taste. I'm like, no, because here's the thing. If it came out in like 1974 and had like, <laughs> Uh, you know, French, it was French with subtitles. Everyone would be like, oh my God, it's the greatest film of all time. You know, and people would be like posting it on Twitter and being like, you know, the voyeurs was so ahead of its time, but you're not ready for that conversation. And like, you know, it's just, it feels like that kind of movie that the dumbness is just because we've watched it recently. I do feel like it'll come back. Um, I bet TikTok finds it in like five years and is like, oh my God, or whatever is past TikTok in five years. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my um, TikTok guilty pleasure. Hellscapes. I could see that. You know what? Well, Voyeurs we're joining us soon. <laughs> <laughs> a TikTok coming soon. <laughs> okay. I still haven't watched it. Wait, I still haven't seen the Voyeurs call, but I have this distinct memory of you live texting us as you watched it. And you just wrote in all caps, Sydney Sweeney's because she was topless. And then I was really mad that you didn't send a picture along with it. So I was like, I don't just. Oh, yeah. It. And then you made me go back. I had to tell my friend to it. pause, <laughs> go back to go find the boobs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see, but I was busy. I was just very surprised. <laughs> well, a film that really surprised me was Disney's Jungle Cruise. I was not excited for this because I love the ride. Um, but these remakes and like, you know, I, this wasn't a remake, but these adaptations, let's say from Disney haven't been very good as of recent. And I don't know if the Jungle Book is, or Jungle Cruise, excuse me, is good, but like, it is wild. I sat there with the theater, in the theater, mouth on the floor, because every 10 minutes, an entire basically plot of a movie as far as twists and turns happen. I mean, light spoilers, The Rock plays a rock, he beats up a jaguar and then turns out to be friends with a jaguar. It starts switching into silent film cameras at one point. Like there's ghosts. It's, it's crazy. It's absolutely batshit insane. But it was so much fun. That like if I had a and I think that's the biggest thing about these Disney films is like they're boring. Mulan is boring. Dumbo is boring. Lion King is boring. But like this was so entertaining that like yeah, I'm here for it. I could rewatch this any day with friends and have a great time. So that'd be my guilty pleasure, I guess. I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. But we should note that he suplexed the Jaguar, to be clear. And that's what made it a five-star movie. I found it very <laughs> boring. But I'm happy for you. <laughs> that's fine. It was just giving It was giving the mummy vibes. It was giving parts of the Caribbean vibes. And The Rock was in it. That's a five-star movie from Alina. I think I gave it four, but I can't remember. But I really liked it, too. I'm so here for they want to make this a franchise like those. Like, I was so here for this. I'm down. Do another one. Okay, so for our next category, uh, Paul, this is one you want to do specifically. So I'll let you kind of explain it. Uh, which film would you take to, with you on a deserted island? Why don't you introduce the category and introduce your pick? So, yeah, it's based, I believe, on a 
old radio show from the UK called Desert Island Discs. I have not looked this up, so I'm just like going off. Um, but it was asking celebrities what vinyls they wanted to take to a desert island and like what were the ultimate like, you know, re-listenability uh, albums. It didn't necessarily have to be their favorites. Um, and in this case, it's obviously Barb and Star for me. Barb and Star go to uh, Vista Del Mar. Um, it's just, it's so easy to watch. Um, I remember when it won an award, um, I want to say at the, um, Los Angeles Film Critics Association, uh, for best production design, uh, which is a good category for it, but I was a little surprised because, uh, it, (laughs) it's not immediately what I think of when I think of that movie, but, uh, I put it on seconds after and it's so much fun. I think that you know it's one of those movies that the release schedule just really screwed it um and i imagine it'll come back and become really popular but i think i've watched it like four or five times it'll probably end up being my most watched movie of all time in the long run uh but Kristen wig jamie dornan um all of them are so good and it's so funny uh, i love that movie you know, I never put two and two together, but it was I the L.A. It. Oh, Kaylina. No, you didn't. <laughs> I was gonna say, she I hates did. Kristen Wiig. You, you, you guys were like, there. You know we talked about it. Yeah, but I yeah, and you said it I... from the memory. I suppressed <laughs> it. I was going to say, I never put two and two together. It was L.A. Film Critics Society group, whatever, that gave it an award. You live in L.A. You definitely didn't pay anyone to give it an award, did you? I mean, I might have. <laughs> no, it definitely was one of those like <laughs> to be clear, legal read... for legal reasons. That was a joke. <laughs> um, it was not. Um, no. Uh, from what I understood is, Barb and Star almost won music, which was the category before, and I think they were riding that wave, uh, um, and gave it straight to production design, um, which I wish it had been supporting actor, right? after it because then jamie dornan would have won for that in belfast um which would have been a great like cap to what'll be probably his only oscar kind of chances i don't think he ends up in getting an oscar nom well speaking of jamie dornan i might as well jump in because my my pick is belfast we're having a jamie dornan uh session on our zersen islands uh, this film is beautiful. It's super charming. I mean, we did an episode. I don't, again, need to fully go into it. But, like, this is such a heartwarming film. And I know out on an island, I'll be starving with a bad shelter, not able to make fire, crying alone on the side of a tree. And if I could just turn on, like, a TV in front of me and watch this little kid in Ireland run around and, like, make friends and see his grandparents and go to a theater, it will make me feel a little bit better those cold, rainy nights on the island. So my pick is Belfast. Alina, what is your pick? What are you bringing to the island? Mine is The King's Man, mostly because I want to talk about Ray Fiennes again, because I love him. Uh, I enjoy the Kingsman movies. I think they get a lot of, like, hate for no reason. I think they're funny and, like, solid little parodies of, like, spy movies. Um... And I wasn't sure what we were going to get into with The Kingsman because it's like an origin story and it's like bringing us back to World War One, and it's like really big into like revisionist history. Um, but like 
I really freaking enjoyed it. They did a really good job bringing all the like history and like fictional characters together. Like it was really funny seeing like Ray Fiennes' character interact with like Rasputin and Archduke Franz Ferdinand and um, stop meowing, please. And like Lord Kitchener and all these things. It was just like, it was really, really fun. I got to go to the Canadian premiere of it in like mid-December. And as I like walked out of the TIFF Bell Lightbox with my cousin, I was like, I really wish I could walk back in the theater and see it again. I haven't gotten the chance to rewatch it, but I would love to freaking rewatch it. I'll just quickly throw out there. I also really enjoyed it. I don't know if Paul's gotten the chance to see it yet, but as someone who wasn't a huge fan of the other Kingsman films, this one really surprised me. Um, And I definitely see why you would do that or pick that. Well, let's roll on with our uh, most disappointing film of the year. Alina, I'll go right back to you. What really disappointed you this year? What failed to live up to your expectations? My most disappointing film of the year was Last Night in Soho. I was really looking forward to it. I like Edgar Wright movies a lot. Hot Fuzz is one of my favorite movies. Um, And I'm all for directors, like, moving out of their niche and doing something different. And I was really on board and I liked the movie up until the third act, and we don't need to talk about it because we already talked about it on the podcast, but it just, that third act really ruined the entire movie for me, and I even watched it again to see if I would change my mind, and I still hated it, and it was a really sad experience, so sad, sad news for me personally, but peace and love to everyone who did like it. You know, I'm not going to get into it. We've already had the podcast. Once again, just insert the Howie gif. I disagree. Uh, Paul, do you want to respond to that or do you want to give your own pick for most disappointing? Um, yeah, I'm just going to ignore her bad take. Um, and I'm going to go straight to Spencer. Um, I've really thought about it. I was trying to figure out like what is the most disappointing movie for me of the year. And like Jackie was one of my favorite movies bar none. And then, um, this like horse diarrhea came out and like, I really cannot describe how much I hated this movie. Um, I remember looking over at my friend and I was just like, I'm, I'm over this already. And it was like one of the first scenes. Um, Oh, I know exactly what scene it was. It literally is like the first scene. She shows up at this diner and she like turns and immediately I'm like, Oh, this is like bad acting. Sorry. Kristen's doing bad acting but she's like uh uh i'm i am princess diana or however she says it and i was like nope nope and then every single choice i feel like was bad and wrong and foolhardy and i think i'm most disappointed because he changed writers and it is so obvious um it i think if it had been you know consistent with jackie i think it would have been an amazing film um, even doing, you know, the, uh, what is it? A uh, real fake version of a tragedy or whatever the thing he says. A fable from a true tragedy. What? <laughs> God, it's so bad. I um, think that sounds neat, but it did not work for your girl either, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and I'm just very excited for when Nicole Kidman wins for the Lucy movie everyone hates, which I love, by the way, I almost put it as my guilty pleasure because it kind of feels like it needs to be a guilty pleasure because all of you are like it bad. Um, I liked it. What are you fucking putting this on me for? Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. I'm talking about 
I'm talking about film Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I assume oh, yeah. I'm talking directly. I've been direct- a lot of people hating on it recently. Yeah, I I specifically whenever I like talk out, I'm talking specifically to like I imagine like you know film fan forty four and it's a picture of like I want to say Tyler Durden but maybe like in a dress or something you know so they're a little more edgy, um, and then they'll sit there the entire time and be like, these are the <laughs> films we like, these are the films we don't like. My personal opinion does not matter. Someone said that. To- yeah, not to bring up Scream again. I'm really not trying to brag. But someone said that on my Scream review, they or like little Twitter thing, they were like, are you a real film critic? If not, I'm not going to let this affect my opinion and I'm going to go into it assuming you're a random person. Do you normally not give your own opinion if it's a what's a, a real film critic? I was confused. Um, well, I never think of you as a real film critic. so That's really pathetic that of the reply, guys. I do think you were on the money when you predicted like way ahead of time that she was probably going to win. And now everyone is like shook that she won the Golden Globe. And everyone is like shook that she's happening. So good on you. And I will take her. I also predict I predicted on Twitter beforehand, but you really were the ones like way ahead of time. So I'll give credit to you here. Good on yes, you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> to this uh to the podcast and not on twitter <laughs> yeah no, I, on twitter i will go to my grave saying it was my thing but you know <laughs> good on you here for mine it's me my my boy there's one director who i get really excited for even though i don't think his filmography is perfect he tends to be better he tends to be good rather than bad most of the time that's wes anderson the french dispatch i mean wes this is amateurish i mean like the aesthetic is there but nothing else is there. The story is bad. The film was boring. The acting was not particularly good. But like, and if this was a first time director, I'd be like, well, okay, that's an interesting project. But this is Wes Anderson. He's had decades of experience creating films and he's created films with better aesthetics than this. This felt so reductive. This felt so basic for him. Like out of every film, this was at least one where like, I couldn't see anything really of value that this added to his filmography other than it felt like just an amateurish director trying to use his style without having any story or any real ability to make his style work how it should um i was hopeful for, for the french dispatch but i think even more than what it turned out to be it just is frustrating because like it just feels so basic for him i'd rather have him at least try to do something and failed than try to do nothing and succeed at doing nothing I really was frustrated by this one. Uh, French Dispatch, I gave a half star for the exact same reason. Um, I don't have it on any categories here, um, but it definitely was fighting for my worst film of the year. Uh, I just, it's so weak. Um, If it had been released as like a series of shorts on, say, YouTube or like Vimeo, like, oh, during COVID, he made a couple shorts. I'd be like, oh, these are fine. Um, but trying to just put a bunch of, you know, clearly like short stories that you wrote together and slapping them and saying, oh, yeah, it's a it's a, you know, pastiche of the New Yorker. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, this is not interesting to me. Um, yeah, it's one of the worst films of the year to me. Um, and I'm glad that it seems to be everyone agrees with that. Oh, I just, I'm seeing so many people in my timeline be like, it's the best film of the year. Like, it's so rare. This is his best outing ever. I guess I'm just meaning more like in the awards. I'm not seeing it like pop sure. up. It's it's a dropped off the, 
you know, potentials of best picture and all that stuff. And that's good. He needs a wake up call. And I think this will be it. Like, get back to <laughs> people liked Royal Tenenbaums. It's not like people liked, you know, all of your kooky stuff that much. I'm excited for his new film with like Dev Patel. It, that he didn't write that so i am excited about that too because i think he mm-hmm. doesn't know how to do story um if you look like his best films he co-wrote well let's be a little bit more positive guys let's lively up this uh grumpy show with our most surprising film which i guess could be surprising in a negative way but i tend to take this positively um i'm gonna go with Stillwater. i don't know why I wasn't expecting this one to be anything good because I think the director is quite good. Um, but Matt Damon, maybe it was just Matt Damon's like iconic press tour leading up to this film. Um, but I was really impressed by Stillwater. This was like a really layered, genuinely strong drama with strong performances that definitely did not do the true story well justice at all. But like in the context of fiction, I think worked really strongly. Like, I don't know, I was really expecting nothing and I got so much. It's one of the few films that feel justified with its longer runtime, which this year the theme was every film goes for an hour too long. This is one of the few that didn't feel like it went too long. Um, I don't know. Again, I don't really know why I was not expecting anything from this, but it ended up being one of my favorite films of the year. Yeah, I I definitely think it released at the wrong time because if it had released in the fall, I think uh, Matt would be showing up more in conversations. Um, I loved this film, too. So, like, uh, it is funny, though, that you picked another uh, Camille Cotton movie. Um, when she showed up, I did like the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio meme um, she, when she showed <laughs> up in House of Gucci. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, it's the same woman. And it like took me a while to figure out who it was, like a good scene or two before I was like, oh, my God. In the other movie I really enjoyed this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I loved this film. Uh, it's in my top 25 for the year. Um, I think it's really great. Well, what film surprised you this year? Zack Snyder's Justice League. I mean, like, uh, there's (laughs) there's no movie that I can say I was less interested in that I went, oh, this was good. Uh, (laughs) Like, I hate the original cut of Justice League. I even rewatched it. I've watched that movie twice now um, this year. I think four times total. And it's like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And to watch like a recut. Um, also, you have to know like when people are like, oh, this version of Blade Runner is the best version. I'll watch it. And I'm like, it's the same movie and I don't particularly like it still. Um, you know, it, I don't find recuts to be that different. So to see something that's a completely different vision was just like shocking to me. Um, as a filmmaker, I find it really impressive. Um, you know, it. I don't want to be one of those like Snyder bros, but like for a hot second, I was like, mm, yeah, no, I, I could definitely be a restore the Snyderverse boy. Um, and like all the only thing that happened residually, like in Warner Brothers, like weird sense of marketing is now I'm just resentful for their future. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know what to like. They're listing all these new movies and like new casts and stuff. I'm like, hmm um just like not excited about it but yeah uh i i think i really loved it and mainly uh you know if we're talking about like best performances of the year you know gal gadot um and i'm sure Alina agrees but um this i think this year with uh death on the nile it's her real uh 
real big moment. So it's good that we gave like a, a running up period to. Uh, it's just her. built and built. Wonder Woman 1984, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, Death of the Nile. This is where the Oscar comes in, I feel. Uh. Don't forget Red Notice. Oh, no, I love Red Notice. Actually, <laughs> was good. we're talking about the wrong Nile. She's definitely winning for Cleopatra. <laughs> and actually, oh, oh, no. <laughs> she said wait. something really stupid about Cleopatra wait, 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 the wait. other day, but I can't remember what it was. She said it was going to be like the perfect film for the modern moment with stuff that needs to be said. Yeah. Um, also, uh, unfortunately, I think my other most surprising film would be Red Notice. <laughs> Same. God. I was just thinking that when Alina said it. <laughs> like, I, uh, good film. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of fun. Um, that also might be my gl- guilty pleasure. Wow. There's a <sighs> gal's really doing it. For Better me. than Power of the Dog. I'll give you that <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alina, what's your surprising film of the year? Mine was Dune. I thought I was going to hate it. I was hating on this movie for like months. And I don't know why, because I love Denny Villeneuve. But I was just like, this is not a movie that's going to happen. This does not sound like a real movie. I hate Timothy Chalamet. Why is it three hours? I need to pee. Uh, I wasn't even going to watch it at TIFF, but I did because like there were still seats available. And I was like, sure. I have three hours to kill. I will just like sit there and suffer through this. But I really liked it. And I was like, I don't know why I was hating on it so much. Because like, it's fully my shit. And I was like, okay. I don't know why I hated on it. hated on it so much for like, I think it's because people were just annoying about it. Anytime somebody is annoying about a movie, I'm just like, fuck off. I don't want to hear about it anymore. And people are like, that would down. And also I'm a Timothy Chalamet hater until this, until Dune happened. So I think it was his fault that I was not expecting to like it but you know what timmy's growing on me especially in don't look up i liked him and don't look up also i was like oh god, god. jesus alina <laughs> don't say funny. that on the podcast oh jeez <laughs> that was the movie that made me like i look i love timothy chalamet i'm a stan but like and don't look up i was like oh i hate him in no this. i thought it's <laughs> like maybe i don't We'll leave that for the podcast we didn't record because I don't really want to get into Don't Look Up. I think yeah, the less uh, said about it's that, actually, the better. It's funny. I almost did put most disappointing as Don't Look Up, but I never thought I was going to like it. <laughs> so it's just like I was still disappointed somehow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but I couldn't like it was not a drop. Well, we're at the final two, the big ones. First worst of the year. Paul, take it away, Mr. Grumpy. What's the worst one of the year for you? Okay, so um, I'm doing two and two um, because I don't think that I can say the worst and also least favorite because I don't think this is the worst film of the year. Um, I'm going to start with least favorite, and we don't really have to talk about these much. Uh, least favorite was Pig. Um, I hated the experience of Pig, um, but I get it. Like, I understand why y'all like it. I think it's insane that people keep saying that um, the acting scene uh, with the chef friend is great when I think it's probably the worst acting moment I have seen maybe in my entire life. I literally, I I purposely try not to notice acting um, because sometimes when a moment hits weird, um, 
it just throws me out of the entire movie. So I try to turn my brain off to acting like the first time I watch a movie. This actor is just so bad who plays the chef that the whole rest of the movie, I was like, was that guy for real? Was that really supposed to? And now I see people like he should be like <laughs> best supporting. Please. Um, okay. Um, the worst film of the year, bar none. It's a little film called Annette. Um, when people mention it to me, my blood boils. Um, so livid that this movie exists. Uh, every second was hell after the opening. I remember sitting there through the opening. I was like, maybe I can do this. And then he starts singing. Um, we love each other so much. And like, I was like, could I give myself a concussion? I left at one point <laughs> just to like splash water on my face to be like, you can do this. Um, like we can get through this Paul. And then I looked and I had another two hours left. <laughs> I literally was like, how is this movie so long? And how is it so boring? Um, every time someone says that it's like a good film, I just get mad. Like I'm I'm angry right now. I can feel like my, you know, uh, blood pressure rising <laughs> so bad. Um, if you like it, you're wrong. That awkward feeling when you like a net. Um, Alina, <laughs> what's your <laughs> what's your worst film of the year? <laughs> The movie at the very, very bottom of my 20 and 21 ranked was music. And I think I mostly just put it there because it was offensive. But my least actual favorite movie of the year was Cinderella with uh, <laughs> Camille Cabello or whatever her name is. Because that was hell. What a hellish experience that was. Like, thanks Amazon for letting us watch that early. But Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the funniest the part about that movie... <laughs> Is uh God. that was almost what I put for my uh guilty pleasure. Um, of course it was. Like, I've seen it twice since then. You. Yeah, you're amazing. I'm not wrong. There's <laughs> yeah. I've never been more sad as sending like a PR team like, oh, here's our review. <laughs> I was like, Amazon, we love you. We have a lot coming up. We want to watch with screeners, but this was not not it. I, see, I it, don't even. I don't even like. I've listen to some of them songs again um and the ones that like there's a couple that just work for me um even in movie they don't work but like outside of it um i think that the uh the wicked stepmother song is kind of fun i know it's up for an oscar right now um and then the what a man uh remix with uh seven nation army i go to the last like 30 seconds of that and i'm like you know the remix uh the remix love that i've had my entire life uh that kind of like dj thing of the mid 2010s um i'm into that part um but yeah the mm -hmm. movie's terrible but like okay, also fun for me, <laughs> no for me it's not even like the jukebox musicalness of it that i can't stand it's the a lot of people called it the girl boxification of cinderella i don't think cinderella needs to be like more feministy because everyone's like, oh, she went to the ball to marry a prince. No, she didn't. She went to the ball to have a good time, and she happened to marry a prince. Leave her alone. I'm so tired oh, of, like, 2021 people putting, like, like, just leave her alone. 1950 Cinderella was fine. It was a great Wait, film. Actually, this might be my guilty pleasure, <laughs> because, like, I'm thinking through it. it. I'm like, the fact that this prince is so clearly gay and you know they have a marriage of convenience his best friends like 
yes, you are. <laughs> we were dating before this. It's just so funny to me. Um, yeah, no, I loved that movie. Uh, it is terrible, though. So, like, putting it on worst, which is what a guilty pleasure is supposed to be. Um, <laughs> you know, it really is not a good film. So, like Alina, music is my bottom of the year, but I'm not going to pick music because who that's dumb to talk about. Worst of the year, Eternals, easily. I've never <laughs> in my life had a theater experience this painful to where the entire lead up, the day of the screening, I tried to get you guys to cancel it because I was like, or to cancel talking about it on the podcast because like, I don't want to watch this. It's three hours. I know I'm going to hate it. And like coming off Chloe Zhao, I think her magnum opus, I love Nomadland. I know I'm alone with that here, but we don't need to get into it. I was like, this is going to be painful. This is going to suck. I've hated the MCU this year. I've hated just everything about this film. I don't care. No, we have to review it for the podcast. So I watch it. And it was trash. It is one of the worst made blockbusters, I think, ever. Like, I truly, it's easily the worst thing in the MCU to date. But, like, truly, I think it's one of the worst films ever. It's not fun. It's not fun to laugh at. It's not fun to be with. But it thinks it's fun. It thinks it's deep but it's just not. It's a horribly structured film. Like on every level, this is a painful misfire that I think is like one of the worst movies ever made. And I think the people that, the fact that people are out here trying to tell me this is a masterpiece, like if you try to tell me Eternals is a masterpiece, you're a fucking idiot. I don't respect (laughs) you as a person because this film is trash. I remember people uh, saying they loved it so much on uh twitter that i wrote carson that night and i was like wait could this like backwards its way into a best picture nomination which i still like i know it won't happen but like i still could have seen a way that like the tide of people being like critics were wrong this is amazing um but oh <laughs> yeah no it's a terrible film um but i with movies like that, though, I always am like, you know, there was a uh, attempt to do something unique. And I find that a lot more interesting than something that's like bad, usually. But um, mm-hmm. it's not. I think this almost sits in the same with me as a let a, a worse version of like Power of the Dog, where I'm like, I can see why people like it. I don't. I, I need my movies to be snappy dialogue, you know, and that's why like. I'm trying to be more diplomatic about a lot of my things. Um, And that's why I get really frustrated when people are like, you know, talking about something like being the Ricardos or Tammy Faye. And they're like, if you like this, you like shit. And it's like, okay, I think your movie tastes as shit. Like why, why is (laughs) like, you know, people are so defensive of their favorite movies and then like, uh, can't like, you know, um, see that they're doing the exact same thing to other people's movies. They like, um, you know, just be nicer to people, says Here's me. My no, thing. but there's no excuse <laughs> for having an opinion that thinks Eternal's good. There's no excuse. Oh, I, I mean, it's not I respectable. Don't <laughs> it's, it's not a respectable okay. opinion, I think. As I was watching Eternals, there were a lot of parts that I liked about it, but my main issue is stop making movies so long without an intermission please for the love of god everyone on twitter is like it doesn't matter how long a movie is as long as the pacing is there yes it does i need to pee like fuck off please bring back intermissions that is what i'm advocating for in 2022 i like to stay hydrated i pee a lot stop making movies over three hours long i've had it give me a break thank you psa 
Uh, I, I actually agree um, that uh, if we're going to start doing longer movies, I don't understand why intermissions aren't back. I don't see why theaters wouldn't want intermissions. Um, you know, Just especially like it makes it longer because then you can't get so many runs. True. Them. But I think people would go out like I would go out and get you a can cocktail. Get more popcorn. Um, another one. I would go get a soda. I might go, you know, get popcorn refilled well that would be net negative for them but you know the rest i think is like fine um yeah say what you want about quentin tarantino he brought back the intermission for his um for hateful eight so like good on him for that at least and before we go any further let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode and my friends, that is the Star Draft. Hollywood's award season is right around the corner, and that means another season of Star Draft is upon us. Star Draft turns Hollywood's award season into fantasy football. You draft actors and musicians, they win accolades throughout the award season, and your team earns points. This year, the Star Draft is hoping to sign up their thousandth user, and if they do, they're going to give away $1,000 in cash prizes. So join a league today and spread the word. Even we at Clappercast have a league that you can join on the site's public leagues page. So sign up today, battle it out with me, Alina, and Paul. Just look up Clappercast on the website, and that is at thestardraft.com. Once again, thestardraft.com. And may the anoms be ever in your favor. Why don't we end this thing off a little bit more positive. The best film of the year. Alina, go ahead. Okay, is this like best technically or our favorite? You could say both. both. You could say either one. Whatever okay. you I would do both. Okay, okay, I'll do both. Okay, so I would say the best film of the year for me was The Last Duel, even though I did have one issue with it. That was a big surprise for me. I really enjoyed it. I thought that was Ridley Scott at his finest, and I usually hate him. So that's why I think it was the best film of the year, because it actually made me like a Ridley Scott historical movie. Thanks, Last Duel. It's good. I should rewatch it when I can fast forward the rape scenes. My favorite film of the year is Belfast. I watched it three times. I watched it on Christmas Day. This is a nice movie. Also, it is a Christmas movie because they open Christmas presents in it at one point. It's fantastic. I don't care if you thought it was boring and formulaic and the editing was bad and blah, blah, blah. It was cute. And I love Irish people. Belfast was my favorite movie of the year. That's that. Shout out to the Irish. Um, would you go ahead, Paul? I totally agree with those. Those are... Um, I did not like... Uh, <laughs> I did not like uh, Last Duel all that much, but um, I really loved Belfast. Okay, one second. Arrow, James Price, <laughs> come here. Okay, um, my favorite film of the year. I'm gonna surprise you guys. Encanto. It's not Tammy oh. Faye. Um, <laughs> I really want to say Tammy Faye, but the thing was, I watched it again on New Year's. Um, and I do love it, but there are some points where I'm like, mm, they hit the tone wrong here there and if i notice those kind of things in movies um especially on a one second every time i'm on tiktok and i see a encanto tiktok i send it to paul no matter what it is <laughs> yeah it's i'm he's it's really become his movie for me also yeah it's I, grown on me honestly thing. but the songs i love the me. movie not so much but the songs great i'm the opposite I think it was a really nice thing. 
I didn't like it. Okay, this is going to get a bit deep, Clappercast listeners, but I really liked Encanto after Christmas Eve when my immigrant cousins and I talked about generational trauma. And I was like, Encanto hits different now that I've had this conversation. So, I don't know. Oh, see, I appreciate that movie for what it is. See, uh, you know, I I had a fam, I have a family, and I think I talked about this during the episode. I have a family that has, like, a patriarch who's kind of a monster um, a bit and keeps everyone like locked down and you're you're this task and you're this person and you will always be this person and who you were at four is who you are when you're 27 like you know and don't change because you've always got to do that and so that was why that movie just like hits for me also I think the songs are fire um but my best film of the year and you know what this could almost so go in most surprising West Side Story like when I try to think of like the movie that I'm like, wow, that was really impressive. Even the fact that I don't particularly think the ending's that good. Um, I think they play it the best way they could. Um, yeah. Like if it won best picture, which I can almost see happening, it would be wild, but um, I would, I'd be so excited about that. Um, yeah. Best film of the year, I think is West side story. Most, most favorite, most favoritist um is Encanto see the thing about West Side Story is I just never expected it to be bad and I was kind of confused like I don't like the original that was the main thing against it but like Spielberg normally does pretty good I can't think of the last Spielberg I really like hated like sure like the BFG didn't like the do, you know, I don't love I like the post a lot so like I just never you expected would. it to be bad yeah I did I would <laughs> and I did so you would also like Encanto you know so whatever um my best and favorite it's the same one it's Flea I've talked this to death and I think we might even have an episode coming up on it. So I'll save it for then, or, you know, you can read my review or whatever. I love this film. Um, I think it's like the height of the cinematic art form. I think it's a beautiful, like the most you can do with animation, the most you can do in a documentary, the most you can do with the narrative. It gets me every single time in the feelings. Um, This is the only film from a film festival. I think I've ever rewatched at other film festivals. So I'll take it, you know, and if, I love it. I know Paul doesn't like it, but he doesn't have taste. So I think that kind of speaks to me more than anything. Um, so that's it. <laughs> that's our 2021, guys. We did it a full year. Any last comments or anything before we end this off? Yeah, no, this was this was a, you know, overall, like, um, it's an interesting year because it's got a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Also, it's really funny. The movies that I loved at the time and championed um i've kind of like uh tarnished a bit not like a ton but like i was gonna put mass on here but i couldn't figure out any category where mass made sense um you know i also think it's i should get off film twitter because i feel like i like it less because everyone's like it's so good and i'm like yeah i know oh my god shut up i know i know it's good Oh, have you not seen Mass? I watched it before you, Meredith. Um, like, you know, it's just very frustrating. Um, I have been spending way less time on Twitter, and it's nice. That must be nice. I hate it. Like, it it's nice. ruined, I think, film for me. Normally, I love the award season. I used to, like, look forward to it, like, months in advance. I could not give less than a fuck this year. And I feel like it's just I hate the conversation. I hate the conversation on every single film festival, around every single film. 
I've never felt, and I posted about this recently, like I've never, like I love so many films this year and I love talking about it with like you two. And I like seeing Jack's review on Letterboxd. Other than that, like I don't think I've ever cared about cinema less. So I think I just need to get off Twitter because it's a talk. It's horrible. I think it's like genuinely quite atrocious, but that's not a hot take. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Clappercast. Where can we find everyone on social media? Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Alina? I am at Alina Falls on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterboxd Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we post new episodes every single Wednesday. Go ahead and give us a follow, give us a like, give us a review on iTunes, five stars, hopefully. Uh, write us at clappercast at gml.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Two and a half star? What? On Sing 2? Oh, it's not good. (laughs)